Welcome to the Confident Retirement Podcast. Is doing the most important things alone a good idea? How comfy are you with your choices when it comes to life's biggest decisions? What is real peace of mind with financial confidence and how can you get it? Chris Fleming and Mark Peachy are the founders of LPF Advisors in Sarasota, Florida. On the show, they bring together the best and brightest minds to share with you how to have a more confident financial picture. They empower listeners with simple, common sense and financial wisdom. And now, here are your hosts from LPF Advisors. Okay, I want to welcome everybody to the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors. I'm your host, as always, Chris Flaming. I have the pleasure today of welcoming Jacqueline Strauss to the show. She is a mid-level executive for a Fortune 100 company with multiple passions, which has led her to be a leading efficiency expert. I'll try to find out what that is. And the founder of My Macro Memoir. Jacqueline, thanks for being with us today and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I will add, I'm also a CPA. So what comes with that? Oh, okay. All right. You know, I try and and put a a little little something sexier than just CPA. So leading efficiency expert definitely falls in that category. Yeah, yeah. Because the CPA thing brings you down to boring and mundane, right? Oh, completely. Yeah. Yeah, But just I like to think I'm not boring. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) So... I'm sure you have an interesting history. Why don't you talk me what led you to your expertise in efficiency? Absolutely. So I'm all about being as efficient and effective as possible in the shortest amount of time. Yeah. Who is it? Perfectionist. And with that, I'd have to learn what to let go of and just kind of just do it and jump in. But that's for another time. I am a mother of two. I have, um, like you shared, multiple passions, whether it be giving back to the community and sitting on nonprofit boards, um, working as a mid-level corporate executive. I've done a lot of teaching at the college level for accounting. I try and make it fun over my career. And all of a sudden, I fell into this realm of entrepreneurship. I didn't even know that's what it was. I was simply just a girl with a dream that had a sincere need. And that is where my macro memoir was born. I, um, six years ago, delivered my second child, and I suffered from a post-delivery hemorrhage. So 25% of maternal deaths are attributed to post-delivery hemorrhages. Mm. And mine got extremely complicated and complex to the point that my parents and my husband were told that I would not be making it out of the hospital and physically come home. Mm. So with that, they you know, were told to prepare for life without me. Well, surprise, I'm here. I made it. And with that, I tried to do better. So I got home and I am the household CFO because I'm a CPA. I just naturally fell into that. The camp director for my kids, a dog mom, you know, a chef. Sometimes I really am not good at that. House manager, all of the above. And everything that makes this house go was in my head or other places, a complete organized mess, Chris. But had I not physically returned, literally my husband and my parents would have had a disaster on their hands Mm. Um, as far as looking for things and going through papers. And I also thought a lot about me being the daughter to aging parents. My parents are in their 70s. 
And I have a brother, but I can probably guarantee that he's not going to be stepping in to help organize and find the answers to certain things. And it really scared me. So I started to look for solutions and there was nothing that quite met my needs. There was a lot of vaults out there, but nothing that helped take the thinking out of it. I was paralyzed as to where am I going to begin and how can I be most efficient? I don't have time for long 25-page PDF documents. I really don't. You know, I'm, I'm running multiple companies. I'm, you know, all these jobs. So as I dug in, I'm like, there's got to be a better way. And what I didn't know two and a half years ago when I really got serious about this was it would turn into an industry called the death tech industry. And that's where I sit today. Um, I created a guided user experience of yes or no questions into seven very palatable sections to capture anything and everything that may be important to you and to your loved ones. It's extremely secure with military-grade encryption. Nothing is required. So you can move on if there's not something you want to put in there. If you don't have the comfort level to store things to the cloud, Chris, you don't have to. You can literally free text in there. I have my passwords written on a sheet of paper and you can find it in my nightstand drawer. It's high level breadcrumbs. It's not about anything more than that. It's literally simple, but not stupid. Okay. All right. So having your own company is different than working for someone, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm curious, what do you know now today that you wish you would have known back six years ago when you started out? Absolutely. So what I wish I would have known was try not, don't worry about getting everything what I think is perfect before mm. launching. You know, I had a vision. I thought everybody would want something a certain way. And I kept refining and refining the technology before I went live. But the most valuable feedback came when I went live and started hearing what the market said. Mm -hmm. And I have a rule, Chris, if I hear the same feedback three times, that's what I considered a trend. And that's something that I need to take off my parking lot and start taking action on and find a viable solution for. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how does one, in your opinion, develop a expertise in efficiency? So it's, very, very practice, and it has to be deliberate because okay. human nature guides us and pulls us to deal with the urgent things in our life mm -hmm. and put the important things on the back burner. But unfortunately, the important always ends up becoming urgent, and we always have to learn the hard way, right? Why? Why? I mean, why does it have to be that way? It just is. And so a way that you can start implementing is doing things and taking things slowly, setting very small goals for yourself as far as what you're going to commit to and work on. I don't care if it's 15 minutes a week, okay, or 15 minutes a day or 15 minutes a month, Chris. It's just about committing and starting somewhere. And what I do is I put in my phone literally as an appointment on my calendar. So I block off the time that I've agreed to, to set aside to work on whatever has been hanging over my head. So I actually do it because if I don't time block, then something else takes over that I consider more urgent because that's human nature. Yeah. 
or a bad habit that we have or just a time killer or whatever it might be. Yeah. And what do you think, you know, some people are like, I just take the day as it comes and, you know, if that happens, that happens. If I see a shiny thing over there, I'll follow that. So what do you really see as being like the biggest benefits to people for being more organized and efficient? So, you know, that's, I think what you described as living every day, like it's your last, right? Mm. And there's nothing wrong with that, but there's also reality in my opinion. And you can live every day like it's your last, but getting organized with the essentials of what the people that you love and those closest to you will need when you're no longer here is an act of love. And I think that quite honestly, it's not selfish to live every day like it's your last, as long as you're preparing that for when you're not here, and if it is your last day, those that you love can really go on without you and not feel pain on top of the physical pain that they feel with your loss. Right. Or the grieving. Right. They, yes. they, it's, it's enough that they would have to grieve, but exactly. then have, they have to uh, deal with a big mess on top of that would add injury to insult. Okay. Yeah. And what do you find are people's probably biggest roadblocks to being more efficient? So what are the, the obstacles? Roadblocks is that we are way more reactive than proactive in mm-hmm. everything that we do. Um, you know, we I'm in Florida. I think you're in Florida as well. Hurricane season, it's here. They're like, oh, prepare, go get batteries, go get water. But do we really go and do that, Chris? <clears throat> like in advance, like everybody suggests, and that's all over the media. I don't. Maybe um, toilet, maybe toilet paper, Jack. Toilet paper, definitely. <laughs> I mean, 2020 taught us that, that that was definitely something we had right. to go. But everybody runs out at the same time. And then yes. what happens? Somebody's left without. So we don't want to be in that situation. And I think that with COVID, with the collapse of the building in Surfside, which mm. nobody would have ever been able to even imagine something would happen like that. It really, I think it's wake up calls and it should be, we shouldn't have short memory syndrome that human nature guides us to have, because I don't think life will ever be the same or go back to the way it was. And we have to just be more prepared and not be scared to have the uncomfortable conversations. The discussion of death was always so taboo because none of us want to think about it. But in reality, it is a matter of when, not if, for all Mm -hmm. of us. Mm -hmm. So we need to go there. And if it's not for ourselves and creating peace of mind for ourselves, then think of it as an act of love for for those that you care about. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, I like how you say that. So what do you especially like about your business right now? The simplicity as far as making it as simple as possible and staying true to that. Mm. And what I also like is the opportunity it gives me to learn every single day. I am a lifelong learner and I have this illness for being this intellectual curiosity that never ends. And so with that, I'm always striving to get better. And what I love about this business more than anything is that I really do believe that if somebody realizes or recognizes the need for this, that it's going to give a lasting gift to somebody that they care about. 
It's mm-hmm. only $75 a year, Chris, because working in the industry that I have worked in and made a career in for so long, unfortunately, there has been times where I've had to say, I'm sorry, because you can't afford it, you can't have it. And those are my darkest, darkest days. So being someone that likes to give back and where it truly is important to me, I priced it at $75 a year. So finances and money is never a barrier for entry. If you Mm -hmm. truly want to do this, go ahead and jump in and hopefully it's affordable and fair. Yeah. No, I think that makes I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, so let that leads into let's talk a little bit about not to get into the weeds, but let's talk a little bit about the Mac the macro memoir. So yep. on a high level, what it is, what it what it helps someone to do, and how does it help them, and or how does it work? Yes, so it is a guided user experience through yes or no questions that surround your life. From do you have a bank account? You don't have to put the balance. That's not what it's about. It's just, where is it? It's essentially allowing you to take a life inventory to, do you have a pet? To, do you have a favorite recipe or a cookbook that you want to share? Do you, you know, are you married? Are you employed? Do you take benefits from your employer? Um, Do you have any household subscriptions or household help that you want to document? What about your primary care doctor? Who is it? Do you have medications you're currently on? Any allergies? Mm -hmm. So as you can see, it stays very high level, doesn't get down into the weeds because the objective is to simply to take an inventory and hopefully from a financial perspective, allow you to see in black and white through a simple yes or no. Do you have duplicative things that you're paying for that you can eliminate expenses on? Mm -hmm. Or are there gaps? Have you been meaning to go get a will? Have you been meaning to get life insurance? Yes, I have. And now that I am the user that clicked no to the question of, do I have life insurance? I will likely, as a consumer and a user, then go and proactively look for my trusted advisor to lead me to someone that can provide and fill those gaps. And I will also be happy if I find opportunities where I can save money and I have duplicative subscriptions going on that have just been charged every month that I haven't taken initiative on to cancel. Yeah. Yeah. And we both know that trying to cancel a magazine subscription is like an act. It's like impossible. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me about it. Stop sending it, please. What do you want me to do? I'll do anything. And let me tell you on that note, Chris, because that is so annoying and such a pain point. When I set this up, I want everybody to be able to go in, see it and feel it because I'm not going to buy anything that I'm not able to see and feel. So it is 30 days free Mm. uh, with no credit card required because I am not going to be that annoying company that keeps charging you for something you don't want and then give you extra work to cancel. That is not my objective. The only thing the free trial does not allow a user to do is to download the individual PDF. So to become more efficient and more effective, I believe that every question somebody answers needed to be populated into an individual PDF document. Not Mm -hmm. everything you put in there, but as situations arise, it'll allow you to address them. I was in Boston three weeks ago for work. Our dog got a cough. Couldn't be COVID, but the dog was coughing. And so my husband's like texting me. I'm in the middle of business meetings. 
do we have insurance, pet insurance? Who's our vet? Who's this? Who's that? And I literally, at my fingertips, pulled it up, download the PDF to the question, do you have a pet? And sent it right over to him. And I was done. So talk about being more efficient. That is a way to do it. Okay. Can you record video on the interface? Like, could you record a video of you saying something or a, a, a video you wanted to leave to a loved one or something like that? You can certainly upload a video into okay. the digital vault section. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. That's cool. I think, especially if let's say some people wanted to leave some memories or they wanted to talk about something or leave a message to one of their loved ones or their kids. I think that would be neat to be able to store that. And then they could go and recover that later and watch it. I want to do that. I want to do that from the grave. I want to tell my kids all the things that they do wrong (laughs) as adults. Stop doing this. Okay. So is there any experience, is there any experience in your business and working with people using the macro memoir where you feel like it made a huge impact I don't want you to share personal details, but maybe like a case study or something where it was very helpful. Yeah. So um, one comes to mind. It's actual, there's one personal and one of a client that I'll share and they're pretty quick. So personally, my grandmother is, or was during COVID a hundred years old. She Mm. made it to a hundred and she is very stubborn, lives by herself in Boca Raton, which is about 45 minutes away from me and my parents. And her neighbor found her on the floor, um, conscious. Thank God her neighbor found her, of course, called 911 and then called my dad. And what the paramedics needed to know right away was, we believe your mom had a suspected stroke. What medications is she on? My dad did not have the answer. So he had to get in his car. Literally, it was like in the thick of the pandemic, rushed to her apartment, and found a post-it note with the list of medications she was on. And because the hospitals were closed to visitors, had to then physically drive it. And a nurse came out to the parking lot to take that from my dad so they can move forward with the best course of treatment for my grandmother. Hmm. I'm happy to say she made it to 101. In December, she'll be 102, God willing. But that was an experience that could have been prevented Um, had my dad had my macro memoir. Another one is of a client, early 60s, survived cancer twice, divorced two adult children that live not in anywhere in completely different cities from him. And he enlisted me and reached out because he said, I have a paper organizing problem. I have papers everywhere and I don't want it. I can't thrive with all of this stuff, but I don't know how to streamline it. Can you help me? And that's exactly what my macro memoir did for him. As he went through the yes or no questions, it allowed him to upload things, type in and record the information and toss the paper. And he called me with tears Um, It was actually FaceTime with tears in his eyes saying, had I not found this, I never would have done this. And my Mm. kids literally would have had such a heavy lift when I do pass away. Mm. That's great. No, I love that story. So allow me to change gears. I'm curious, um, some some personal things. So what's your first memory uh, that you have uh, with money? All right. So... (laughs) I always have been a worker. 
So I used to flyer the neighborhood to start babysitting, I think probably before I was old enough to, mm. but people still hired me. I was very convincing. And I guess I had a trustworthy face as a ranked nine-year-old um, or parents were just really desperate to get out for the night. That's probably um, And I always yeah. saved my money. Mm. So um, I, it was just something in eight. I think that I watched my parents, you know, my dad was very, he was a successful attorney, but his habits, we never lived lavishly, always lived below our means. And I knew that comparing what I had to what my friends had was not the right thing to do just because that message was constantly repeated to me, right? You don't know what they have in the bank. Everybody is a perception. You don't really know what somebody has. And, you know, somebody can portray themselves as anything. But at the end of the day, until you're them, you don't know. And especially now with social media and even with my kids. I mean, my son just turned 10 and he's like, oh, look at that. So-and-so has this car. And my daughter who's six thinks it's it means you're really rich if you have stairs in your house. And I try and explain to him that both of them, that those aren't the things that really matter, right? It's health, it's happiness, and making sure that we embrace each other with love that is unconditional and we give back to others and treat others the way we want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And that all of the material things are things that we can't take with us. So I always knew from a young age that it was the memories and paying and spending money on the memories was more meaningful than the actual material items. Didn't mean that I was not working, you know, from that first babysitting gig to the day I turned 16 at the Gap. I thought it was amazing that I could fold khakis and jeans. But then when I embarked and I graduated with my master's in accounting, I had um, great mentors and my aunt and uncle. My aunt and uncle are both CPAs. My aunt was a CFO of Harris Casino before women were ever in the boardroom. And her husband, my uncle, was a CPA, was a CPA. He passed away of a mid-level firm in Memphis, Tennessee. And he sat me down and he said, the most important bill every single month before you pay your rent on your new apartment and all the above is to pay yourself. Mm. And I took that with me. And regardless if it was $5 that I started with, Chris, because I will tell you when I started my career with Deloitte, my salary was $45,000. And if I took that salary and divided it by the amount of hours I worked during tax season, I probably was making $3 an hour. Yeah, or worse. I was getting paid to learn. And so I think if you have that mentality shift, you know, especially as people are starting out and you embrace it as just that, as a building block, and you're getting paid for it, it's a good thing. I mean, look at what doctors do. They get paid nothing to be residents, but it's all to train and for that long game. But I do think going back to starting early, saving early from the very beginning, taking advantage of a 401k or you know whatever your employer may offer, um, if you go to work for a company, is a non-negotiable. Negotiable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what, what do you think is your biggest life accomplishment so far, Jacqueline? It's being a mom. Okay. So being a mom is a huge accomplishment. To be honest, family and friends that were close to me never thought I would do it because I've always been so career focused and driven when it came to my profession. 
And having my kids taught me so much that work could have never taught me. Mm. Um, And I've learned more from them than anyone else. And I also realized that I could never be a full-time stay-at-home mom. COVID Mm. taught me that. I'm really bad at that job. I'm good at being a professional, going after my passions that fulfill me, and then have that time, which is limited, yeah. that I treasure that much more because I'm, I'm able to have a limited amount of time every day, you know, between a couple hours after work, before bedtime, and then on the weekends. Yeah. I'm better and, for it. And I think you do have an appreciation for people that either are stay-at-home or single parents. Oh, um, my gosh. Because you essentially understand that you have no time for yourself, but like Not. to do anything that you might be interested in or wanting to do. No um, way. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about that. So outside yes. of your business and the company that you work for, do you have anything that you are very are really passionate about personally? Yes. Yeah. So I am very passionate about education. Mm. And children having equal access to things, educational enhancements to make them better and push them to the next level. And so I very much have invested my time on the board of a local school PTA organization in which my core focus is to make the experience and the community better for the children that attend that school. I put a great deal of time into it. And, you know, it was interesting. I had never really worked until five years ago in the nonprofit sector. Uh And it's a completely different mindset. And it was a huge awakening for me because I was getting a ton of criticism. You know, all the other moms were like, oh, um, can we spend, I want to spend $1,500 on an icy truck you know, because that'll be fun and field day. And my kid loves ICs. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's my kid loves a lot of things, but he doesn't get them always. I say, no, we need that money to go towards academic enhancements at this school. And we're going to use it that way. I probably could have said it nicer, but it just was mind blowing to me that anybody would want to spend that. And I'm like, I'll just go to a local small business, support them and see if they want to donate ice cream to the kids for field day. And what do you know that happened? So there's always inventive ways to kind of think about it and bring small businesses from a community together to support your common, your, your common goals and your common interests. Mm. And um, that's been so important to me. So it's children and the small business owner. I am the biggest, biggest advocate for the small business owner. People tell me to stop working for free because I never say no, Chris. If anybody comes to me for professional advice or guidance, you know, because of my accounting background, I'll most of the time say yes. Development item for me that I have to learn how to say no more. However, I do just really want to help and see people thrive. Okay. So in, in regards to your memoir, Uh, business, what are you most excited about right now with that part of your life? What's the biggest opportunity there? I think the biggest opportunity is to change human behavior in a slight way, not Mm. in a way where it makes somebody feel like I'm giving them more work, but that they're investing time into something that's actually meaningful. That will be the gift that keeps on giving. And that is truly what I want people to feel 
when they finish it. I want a sense of peace of mind. We all need to be so aware of our wellness journey. And that comes to our mental mental and physical wellness, but this is more obviously mental. And I believe peace of mind is the best feeling in the world. And I want to share that with others. Mm. Yeah. We need to nudge them. Yeah. Give them the little push. But I will the, say the biggest challenge, anyone that I talk to about it is like, Oh my gosh, I need this. Or I wish I would have had this when my parent passed away, or I wish I would have known about this. Like before COVID, because I lost people I didn't expect to lose. And it's an absolute mess. But getting them to take action is the hardest part. Okay. And so I'm still trying to figure that out. And I'm being completely authentic and transparent. So if anybody wants to give me feedback on how can I make people take more action and actually do it, I would embrace that to me yeah. that as a gift. So do you think that's probably your biggest challenge right now is getting people to, okay. All right. And what, what's your theory on what the obstacles are there? Is it the whole, I don't want to have to go on the internet thing or, you know, some, some it's people just like, not, it doesn't sound fun. I mean, yeah. paper organizing and getting your stuff together. It's really not fun, Chris. And I don't know how to make it fun. I mean, should I make it a video game? I don't, I don't know. Um, like video games annoy me because I don't want my kids playing them. So like that would definitely turn me off, but that's a whole nother story. And it's not sexy. I mean, okay. So now it's got this death check, you know, and, and, you know, VCs and everybody find that appealing. That's great. But at the end of the day, we're real people and we have to use it. And so it's going to take motivation knowing that I'm going to start something that is not considered like an enjoyable thing. I mean, it's like filling out school forms every year. If you're a parent, it's the worst. I mean, yeah. it's like the same thing over and over again. My kids' names didn't change. Yeah. 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 You know, and it's like, we're forced to do it because if not, our kids can't go to school. Right. With this, there's no consequence that the user will feel because they're likely going to be gone. And the yeah. people they leave behind are going to face the consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oftentimes the only the only thing that motivates them is maybe someone close to them went through the experience or they did personally with another family member and they lived through the mess and then they like, oh, okay, I don't want to do that to my kids or right. I don't want to do that to my spouse. But that's that's what I see is uh, primary primarily being the driver, but still that that doesn't lead to a lot of adoption because that's not always the case. Or someone experiences that and then they feel motivated to do something. Right. And I mean, right in front of you right now on your computer, I'm sure you have Google Drive or Dropbox or access to some sort of financial services vault. But the problem is, is that there's no direction there for you. Where would you begin, Chris? I mean, what would you start with? Your will, your trust, if you have it? Yeah, that's obvious. That's the lowest hanging fruit. But this, at least I want people to feel confident that the thinking is really done for you. And if you're willing to answer yes or no questions, it's as easy as that. Yeah. Okay. So if people want to learn more about you or the product, um, what's the best way for them to contact you uh, in order to do that? Yep. You can go to mymacromemoir.com. There's a contact us section there. You can send me an email. It comes right to me. I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm sure you'll drop all the links for that. 
LinkedIn as well. If you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, um, I would love to have you in my networks and um, have any discussions that you would like on the topic. Awesome. Thank you. And I encourage everyone to check that stuff out. Jacqueline, I want to thank you for taking the time to be here with me today. You have been able to cover a lot of information in a very short period of time. And who doesn't want to be more efficient in life? Come on, people. Uh, And I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors, where we are raising the bar of retirement confidence of everyday people to another level, one show at a time. I will see you all next time. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Confident Retirement Podcast with Chris and Mark from LPF Advisors. For more information on them and retiring confidently, please visit lpfadvisors.com. If your ears are pleased and your mind is now at ease, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.